So like, just don't be afraid to take the things you love and just follow that. Don't worry about what anybody else is doing. Just do your thing. Because if you love it, if you're making something that you adore, other people are going to be able to see that that work and that love, and they're gonna they're gonna come and they're gonna look at what you're creating. Hello and welcome to the first webcomic shortcast. These are a shorter version of our podcast that are more controlled, less chaotic, and generally all around, in my opinion, more pleasant to listen to. <laughs> Will we try? Today we are joined by my indentured servant, Kaz. <laughs> That's a co-host and moderator to you then. Hi there, guys. I'm Kaz. And the unfortunate soul who happened to darken our doors, Rami. Hello. How are you feeling, Rami? I'm feeling all right. <laughs> you sound very nervous. Yeah, well, it's the anxiety. <laughs> is, this a, is this your first? Is this your first time doing something like this, Rami? Or um... yeah, I've always like wanted to do some kind of podcast thing, but I have and never no gotten. You? <laughs> I've never invited myself. That's actually something we'll get into maybe later about Spider Forest. But Ooh, ooh, damn, um, <laughs> it's not bad. It's not bad. But it's, it's fine. It's just really funny the way you brought it <laughs> We definitely have a lot of ground to cover because this is full disclosure for those who are listening. Um, this is actually the first time we have interviewed uh, someone who is um, not usually on the line webtoon platform and also doesn't quite make comics in the same like um, infinite scrolling format. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's comics all the same. It makes us in slightly different circles to all our lineup in the past. So it's it's interesting and we'll have a lot to learn from it, I, I reckon. Yeah, well, I hope that I can be enlightening in some way. Tell us about your, a little bit about yourself, basically. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm a self-taught artist. I've been drawing comics pretty much uh, forever. When I was little, I used to staple comics together and just draw them in little books. So I've been drawing comics forever, and I've been writing forever. Um, it's all self-taught, all just stuff that I was really passionate to do. Um, but I never enjoyed one or the over the other. So comics just was a happy medium between the two between writing and drawing. I was never really much of an illustrator. I like telling stories with my work. Stories are really important to me. And yeah, it just kind of naturally came about that way because I really like telling stories. I really like doing art. So comics it was. It sounds like, uh, I don't know what the word would be for that, but I think that just sounds like someone pulling their dreams to reality. Yeah. Really? (laughs) Because most people go, well, I didn't go to art school, so I'm going to (laughs) stop. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm I'm quite a dreamer. <laughs> so, what's your actual like educational background? Um, I went to a university for graphic design. Ooh, uh, fancy! But that's that's it. <laughs> High paying. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, I ended up in a bookstore. <laughs> hey, that I mean, you, you you do what you can. I think I mean, you know, yeah. surround yourself with potential like inspirational material, research, and yeah. stuff. Um. But I mean, I think what I mean, Rami's background of like you know graphic design is not uncommon in a That's lot of other people who ended up like yeah. you know, doing art as well, whether in comics or just illustrations and stuff. Yeah, so one of us, one <laughs> of us. I see that. But <laughs> I'm like the only one here who didn't, who doesn't do art. I can't draw, so like I get a lot of shit. You, you do the talking. <laughs> you have the fancy mic. Well, look at you. Why, why can't you be nice like her, cat? <laughs> She's nice. Right. She's nice to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, 
yeah, sorry. Shall, shall we um shall, shall we like you know? I mean, do you have any like particular experiences that kind of stood out for you that made you go, okay, I really, really, really am going to do this, or was it always just oh, it's something I've always done? I might as well just um, keep doing it. Okay. Like comics in particular, yeah. Uh, yeah, or right. like Soul to Call in particular. Um, comics in particular. Um, it's just kind of something I always did, and it it's kind of <laughs> not to be uh, what's a good word for it. Uh, just it's something I always made me happy. It's something that always made me happy, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just something I didn't want to give up, no matter where my life goes. So, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> so like, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, no matter what day job I do, if it never is comics, that's honestly mm-hmm. okay with me. Just because the work itself is so fulfilling, it's just something I always want to be able to do, no matter if it becomes a yeah. job or whatever. I mean, at this point, would you consider it a job? Uh, a friend of mine told me when I started doing the podcast stuff, a job is something that makes you money. He didn't specify a certain amount of money, though. So, Yeah, I, I do call it my second job, so right. I do technically consider it a job. It's not paying all the bills, but you know. Look, if it pays at least yeah. one bill, it's doing its job. <laughs> yeah. With Soul to Call, which is I mean, the webcomic that we will be highlighting as well in the course of this podcast, mm-hmm. is this your first like long-term webcomic project or have you um, done some other webcomics in the past before? You've mentioned doing like all those like, you know, comics on paper, like zines really. Which yeah, you know, what, what? That, that was like I was like, like six and 12 <laughs> Aww, um, <laughs> little little Rami. <laughs> yeah, little little baby Rami. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I I actually did uh, do a couple sort of web comics before uh, Soul mm-hmm. to Call. There was one I did when I was maybe I don't know eleven, twelve that I posted on DeviantArt. Really bad. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> big big uh, You went to DeviantArt. Yeah. Oh yep, no! I, I I was on DeviantArt, but that's how I got part of my following that I have now. So you know, I can't knock it. Your following has pretty much grown with you then, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have a handful of people uh, that uh, were following me on DeviantArt that like follow me on Twitter now and comment on Soul to Call. So, you know, I, I managed Ooh. to get a following there and that's Ooh. part of how I have a following now. That's impressive in terms of just like the sheer will that you used to continue no i'm sorry but it takes takes a certain amount of will to remain on deviant art by choice like Listen, i was sign. 13 i it was, it was a, a different, different time, time back then <laughs> yeah i have no idea i have no idea what deviant art is like now i haven't been there in years deviant art has always terrified me yeah because <laughs> the first time i went on deviant art i saw um furry porn I, oh, i've no. never gone back oh no <laughs> <laughs> oh no Ooh, i don't know can we even i'm gonna leave it in. i mean what's the worst that could happen okay uh okay um all i mean putting putting aside all that stuff about deviant art and all that okay um yeah i had another webcomic too uh that i uh hosted on smack jeeves oh that oh, that's damn. another like you know that's a callback yeah, that's one, yeah. You know? uh yeah, that was uh, that was Zombles. It was a zombie apocalypse comedy kind of story, you know, same vein as Shaun of the Dead and uh, Zombieland stuff like that. Uh, didn't finish that, but that was like my first real um, adventure into properly trying to run a webcomic, and it taught me so much that I carried over to Soul to Call. Wow. And I think I think it's kind of the reason that I've been able to keep Soul to Call updated. 
consistently for almost five years now because I've learned a lot. Yeah, it's genuinely impressive. You, um, basically most of you guys that go full on indie, it's legitimately impressive how you guys keep the will to continue because <laughs> like, because I say this because um, most indie platforms, most indie comics have the problem of like, they don't have the convenience of all the aggregator sites like Webtoon or Mangadex or all the other ones you can go to, you know? They don't have the convenience mm -hmm. of use. So even the fact that people are interacting in comments, because like I, I, was re I was reading your comic. I was binge reading your comic since um, <laughs> Ayashi, the one person all of us know for some unfortunate so some unfortunate reason, like the gods have cursed us. But um, um, we, we, we thank him because he is actually one of our patrons. Of course so. we thank him. But like, I'm going to talk shit about <laughs> but... him when he's not here. Um, <laughs> you'll hear this later. Anyway, but... Um, Ayashi told me about your comic and I started reading it. It's just like, you have consistent engagement, which I know that's that probably something you don't really want to hear because like, I know most people who do it in the, in the indie work don't really want to listen to someone talk to them like it's YouTube, but it's just, you have consistent engagement and it's kind of impressive for someone who is on a site who's like basically on their own site. And it's quality engagement. Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, yeah. no, I, I, I don't like, I... I understand that that's something that not everybody has the uh, you know the privilege of having, and like it is really cool. And part of the fulfillment of making the comic is uh, people engaging with it in that way. I like seeing people you know having theories and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's just it's actually cool. And I'm not sure how I got that <laughs> lucky, but it's just it's cool that people are actually you know doing that and are actually so engaged and paying so much attention because there's so many subtleties I put into the comic and that people pick up on that oh, yeah. is really fulfilling <laughs> i mean you're drawing you're drawing cosmic horror that is the <laughs> yeah i don't know if you guys know about cosmic i mean i know you know but i know i don't know if you know cosmic <laughs> horror fans cast but they are terrifying and obsessive <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad thing that's a good thing it's just what they are it's like steven universe fans they will they will consume the content in ways you didn't think they would consume the content. And all of a sudden, they will know the ending of your story before you start. And you're like, why did I start this? I think it's because, like, cosmic horror being the, the sort of a niche. I mean, I wouldn't, I mean, wouldn't say niche, I mean, yeah. niche, but it is a kind of a niche genre in its own right. It's pretty niche and it's hard once to do. You, once you hit people, then it's, whoa, you're, you're off to the races pretty much. It's like SCP. Actually, I'm going to ask, SCP, is that a thing you checked out? A uh, long time ago. That was, that was something that... That was like one of the initial things right. that first kind of inspired what I wanted to do because Soul Skull went through so many different iterations before it became yeah. what it is now. And like one of them was kind of more based in an organization kind of setting. Yeah. Because uh, I don't know if you know what SCP is. Mm, you might have to explain that to me, actually. SCP is Secure, Contain, Protect. It's a bunch of just a bunch of horror nerds in like a forum where they where they upload upload content to it like it's a legitimate like um scientific blog studying weird creatures that they found i think the most popular scp would be the one that just doesn't have any holes on its body but somehow i just to vomit blood all the time oh gosh yeah. i mean if you if people who are expecting a, a comfy shortcast we do we, we are probably like getting into like some <gasps> moments although you know it is what it is but um, generally, generally, like, um, it's just about the terrifying monster and the fact that you're definitely 100% screwed. 
You thought I was gonna <laughs> swear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. So so jump so jumping back, like you've um definitely seen like the um changing tides of like you know um different mediums where all the comics are being presented and all that. Like you've got you've you've gone from like traditional to obviously you're getting a follow following on the web and then sort of going back to getting that physical presence whenever you do conventions. Like um, how do you, how do you what how, what's your stance on all like the different like me- mediums and platforms out? I think any way that someone wants to and is able to tell their story is great. Mm-hmm. I don't really I don't really have any bias towards how someone wants to tell their story. If they want to tell it one way in one medium, that's great. As long as you know you're getting your story out there because I think it's really important for those of us that uh feel compelled to tell stories to just whatever works for you. Just do it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I actually wanted to touch a bit on your history with like web platforms for hosting your comic because you are in your own site now, right? Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, with I mean, you sort of like I mean, Jerry CMS like to I mean display it a certain way, and then um, it's actually it's actually incredibly well designed. Yeah, it is. All things considered, <laughs> it it, it works. It works fine on my cell phone too. Like yeah, he's good. <laughs> Oh, no. Well, that's that's the graphic design background talking, I guess. <laughs> okay. Um. You, so I think we mentioned like sort of like in pre, I mean precast chats that um you used to you used to be on Tappers and then you decided to I mean leave the platform and go I mean go go Indian and like you know be part of a collective. I mean now this is part I'm quite interested about because of the whole like collective thing. Tell so tell us a little bit about that. Like I mean what led up to like those um, positions. Well, <laughs> it. Uh... It started with the uh, right of first refusal uh, clause that they put in their uh, terms of service. Do you know about that? Yeah, I know about that. Right of first refusal is basically this. If um, you want to leave their platform, right? Although I think it only applies if they're paying you, but I'm not sure. Um, Mm -hmm. If you want to leave their platform... They have 30 they, they You basically can't make a deal or go anywhere else for 30 days. And in that 30-day span, they will offer you all the deals that they can. At least that's the idea. They don't have to actually offer you jack shit. But they'll offer you every deal they can to get you to stay. And after the 30 days is up, <laughs> you can just go. This is if you're, if you're featured on Tapas or like just anyone as well? Just anyone. Oh. Just if your content was on the site at all. Mm-hmm. Although, yeah, it, it just means your work is trapped for 30 days. For an entire month, you just have to stay there. In theory, it's kind of good because it means people who aren't doing very well have the choice of getting paid. Yeah. Um, get At least getting paid a little bit, which, in my opinion, sounded great. But again, I don't mm-hmm. draw. <laughs> uh, Rami, why don't you go ahead and like fill, it, I mean, fill us in on the rest? Well, one of the other big reasons that I left is because... Tapastic is actually uh, rebranded from something called Comic Panda, I mm-hmm. believe. In the history of being Comic Panda, they actually lifted comics from their users. One of them being by being uh, the Meek. I don't know if you've heard of that one. It was quite a the Meek uh, Dershing. Uh, she's part of Hiveworks. Ooh, okay, oh, okay. Oh, I know that one. Um, yeah. But. But yeah, her comic uh, was pretty much stolen from her, and she couldn't work on it for many years because of what they did. Um, and yeah, and she wasn't the only one. Um, so, and then they later on they rebranded as Tapastic. So, with that in mind, and then this kind of shady way that they implemented the right of first refusal, in that they put it into their terms of service without warning anyone, without telling anyone that to me, seems super shady. And given their history, I just wasn't 
comfortable staying there. Um, how long were you there before this? Like um... a few years. Um, I started pretty like pretty early on, maybe three years. It sucked because I did have a decent following there, but the peace of mind of not having to worry about them trying to pull any sneaky garbage was just it, it mattered a lot more to me than uh, than than staying there. Keeping your options open, right, in the event that you have some deals that may come from outside tapas or something like that, right? Yeah, or just, you know, just the the concern that uh, something so important to me could ever be held hostage by anyone because my work is very uh. important to me. So I always want to be able to 100% own it. I want it to be mine. I don't want anyone making any calls on it. So pulling it off platforms like that is just the only decision that's right for me. I'm not gonna lie, I didn't expect this to be <laughs> as deep as it became, but I'm also actually very pleased with that outcome. Uh, well, <laughs> I'm glad. Since I heard that, I'm just like, if it's just the right of first refusal, my my lizard brain goes, that's all right. But then <laughs> there's like espionage and intrigue <laughs> backstory. Ooh. Oh my god. <laughs> Bottom line is, right, not every platform in the terms is, is going to be suitable for every artist. Like, yeah. it depends on the work that you're making, right? Depend on, like, your own personal needs for, like, where you want to go um, with the project, like, career, I mean, in terms of career opportunities and stuff. So, I mean, props, props on you, really, as long as you're getting the work out there and you're happy with it. Yeah. I, I still personally kind of like the site, but only because it has better... <laughs> Um, what do you call it? It gives me more options. It gives most uploaders more options than webtoons, and that's it. I just, I just like options. I like the ability to put gifts in a, in a manga. I just think, I think <laughs> gifts are great. Okay, I like gifts. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it has, it has its ups and downs. It has, but it had more downs for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, but it's pretty much the same as using social media to like post your web comic instead of having hosted site really. Then so. Hmm. Yeah. Um, quit pro quo, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I wish I had more de- exact details about what happened with the make, um, but I I couldn't find them. But I do know that, and she has talked about. I actually met her at a convention at the same time the right of first refusal stuff was going on, and we talked a little bit about it. So like, I'm I'm quite confident it's quite legit and it's quite bad. So. <laughs> Let's talk about happier things. What is a happier things. thing? Like, you know, <laughs> like a happier thing. Like, you know, I'm pretty sure like the artists listening in, in would want to know, like, I mean, what your um, scheduling and your uh, software workflow is like. I mean, yeah. Um, so I'm pretty much a workaholic. That's step Respect. one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so often what I do is I write the script in its entirety first. Mm-hmm. So I'll write the whole thing like months in advance. Okay. Uh, and then I thumbnail it. Usually I thumbnail maybe a uh, a couple weeks or a month's worth of thumbnails in one sitting on one day. I set aside a day for that. Mm-hmm. And then I take those thumbnails and I do the thumbnails on paper. I find paper I'm less likely to get really like precious about how things look. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I just draw it on paper real quick, real fluid. And then I go to digital and... Uh, I do it page by page, so I'm not doing things in bulk. Mm-hmm. Um, there are benefits to doing them in bulk, but I just that's not that's not the workflow I've fallen into. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do it page by page. So I make the panels first, and then I 
plop in the dialogue. I make sure the dialogue is fitting and all that. Very important, uh, guys. If you do yep, this, yep, oh yep. my gosh, like how many she, people? She has. Yeah. I'm gonna Please. point out. She has a typesetting um, vendetta, which I think she's right. I believe her. She's right. But still, like you know, it's funny to call it a vendetta than it is to just call it a rightful <laughs> fight hard. against the stupidity of putting your text boxes underneath your drawing. <laughs> <laughs> some occasions actually but let me we digress so after you've done like the typesetting and the, pa- the, the panels yeah like um, i'm assuming this includes the um i mean lining the panels i mean or something like that yeah like the the panel mm-hmm. the lines of the panels so that that all goes in according to the thumbnail and then i usually don't figure out the dialogue in like where it's going to go in the thumbnail like maybe roughly but i find mm-hmm. doing it on the computer is more effective because then i can see exactly how much space the the font I'm putting in and the amount of dialogue that's going in each one is gonna mm-hmm. take up, uh, mm-hmm. so uh, that that's all done and then I start doing some basic sketching. So usually that's like skeleton sketching, you know, like just baselines, guidelines, and then I do another sketch on top of that. That's like this is what I'm gonna line art. This is the cleaner sketch, and then mm-hmm. I line art that, and then I flat it and I color it. And usually that in total a page takes about 10 hours unless there's mm-hmm. something complicated about it. Um, mm-hmm. So it usually like between work and stuff, it usually takes about three days. So to make two pages a week, uh, that's six days uh, to make okay. the two pages and mm-hmm. one day off, which I don't generally take. <laughs> oh, again, respect, yeah. respect <laughs> down there yeah. with you. Days yeah. off? What's a day off? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, she doesn't go here. <laughs> I haven't seen. I haven't seen the sun in so long. <laughs> and, um, you don't need it. <laughs> we we joke about it, but we do like not. We we, ha- we did we did an entire episode on proper on proper yeah, care. Rest rest is important, and I do like I really yeah. do try to sleep. I <laughs> I try to sleep if nothing else. I don't I don't. But legit though, the sun is overrated. Vitamin D is not real. All right. No. <laughs> Whoa. Well, I mean, what do you say? I swear to God, it's the global baggage <laughs> here. Now we all we all know like men's like sleep schedule is um, I don't know. It, it's Terrible. pretty much in in the dumpster fires of hell. That's why. Cool. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's it's six now, yeah. and I think I slept. I'm not sure about this, by the way, but I think I slept too oh, yesterday. No. You think? Maybe. Oh, dear. There's a likelihood that it happened, or there's the other likelihood that I didn't sleep, and I just sat and oh, zoned my out. dude. Oh, one of those two things happened. On the side, do you have any, like, buffers or something? Like, yes. Done, like, oh, my gosh, yes. yes. Um, how, many, how many pages of buffer have you got right now? Uh, five it's not as big as i like it to be right now it's a bit it's fine you're doing fantasy yeah, no a... one's fa- no, no fantasy. i usually like to have uh 10 or so pages in the buffer but that's just mm. not how it is right now uh no one who's doing fantasy has a buffer of more than like five to six <laughs> i've not seen anybody who does full <laughs> fantasy and has a real buffer <laughs> <laughs> yeah well that's something that Zombles, my my other webcomic taught me is like have a buffer. Yeah. <laughs> do not do not go into that without a buffer because I I did that never again <laughs> never again yeah. nope. Our friend our friend Carolus never has a buffer. Yeah. So if if I run out of buffer if I run out of buffer 
I'm stopping. I'm just like, there's going to be a pause. <laughs> oh, God. I'm, I'm going to build up my buffer and I'm not going to come back because I'm not doing that to myself. <laughs> how, how, I mean, have you ever like had to pause a missile to call at any point? Not because of the buffer thing. Um, I did last year um, around this time, actually, but that was because it was kind of a vacation. I had some uh, very flo- close friends uh, coming from Australia to visit me. So I was just like, I wanted to completely focus on that. And that was like one of the only times that I just stopped updates altogether, just because I didn't want to run out of buffer in that time and I didn't want to have to worry about it. But otherwise, otherwise, if the buffer's starting to run short, kind of like it is right now, I just bring it down to one update a week so I can use, so I can save that second page that I draw and then build it up. So that's where I am right now. <laughs> so. It it's in, it's interest it's interesting that you actually like updating like you know one I mean one page per update in this like you know binge consume culture a lot of people are like oh, but where's more <laughs> it's it's too choppy for me so like I I'm actually quite like you know in, in mm. all that you've you've got a very patient audience that, well yeah. I think it's I kind of curated my audience from yeah. people who were almost used to that because. Um, I started on my own site. Like when I started the comic, it wasn't hosted anywhere else. I started it in home base in mm-hmm. that site. And I did have mirrors in like other places, but I started there and the people, you know, my, my peers, the people that I um, associated with uh, made comics in a similar fashion on their own sites. And they had audiences that were used to one or two pages a week. Mm-hmm. So they, I just kind of got an audience from people who are used to that format more than the, you know, multiple pages in one big update binge kind of way. I mean, I do have readers that I'm quite aware of don't read my comic until like months later when they know they have something they can binge. But uh, then I also have plenty that just come back and it's amazing. I, I just That's amazing. I'm, I'm amazed. I have people that do that. Hey, you make good, you make good work. That's what happened. That's how, get, <laughs> you know, you. that's how life rewards you like that. But um, no. <laughs> actually, on the talk of buffers, because we we're still here, mm-hmm. and I'm going to take advantage of this to do as many segues as I need to. <laughs> Good God. Nice. <laughs> on the topic of buffers, is the buffer the reason why you don't really do um, like podcast appearances? Is that why? Because it's just like, uh, I, could take, I could take this three-hour break to talk to people, or <laughs> I could work. <laughs> Socializing. No. <laughs> I have a tablet and a cat. That's all I ever need. Mm-hmm. I mean, replace the cat with a dog, and we're talking real. We're talking real life. There. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> yes. Um, no, it's uh, it's mostly been like with Spider Forest. Uh, for the podcast, they have different topics that they bring up, and like they invite people to come and be part of that podcast if they want to, if they think they have something to contribute. And I just have ginormous self-esteem issues. Oh, no. And, and like, I just don't think I have anything valuable to contribute to those. And it's really just a thing that I have to work through. But that's not, it's not a workaholic thing. I really like talking about comics. I really like, you know, socializing with other people who make comics. Um, so it's, it's just me. It's just, do, do I feel like I have anything to, like, add that someone yeah. else hasn't already said, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I, I relate to that on a, on a very spiritual level. <laughs> very, very much so. Very much so. Yeah. But I mean, we. Yeah. I think we we have, we have to say that like, we are honored that you've um, chosen like us as an 
you know, oh. place to dip your toes. I, and I, get. I am also honored that you uh, are inviting me to talk today. Hmm. Hugs all around, I guess. Yay. You guys are being gross. Okay, I'm going to move on without you. All this um, emotion. You don't get any so power right. of friendship. <laughs> I don't need the power of friendship. I have the power of coffee and spite. Right. <laughs> Robbie, Robbie, what's the part you enjoy the most about making comics in the process and the part that you eh, could rather not, but you have to because necessary evils? Um, is it scripting? Is it the um, is it coloring? Um, what have you? I think it's I think it's the writing. I really like writing characters. Um, and so mm-hmm. like okay. just writing nuanced and deep characters and portraying that on a page and people getting it <laughs> that's another like important thing um that's just like that's my favorite part just mm-hmm. seeing people caring about these characters that was like my mission statement when i set out is i wanted to make characters that people would give a damn about and would feel something for so like mm-hmm. that's that's my favorite yeah. thing um probably okay. like it can really vary <laughs> what becomes of um, I really like coloring. It can be a challenge, but I really like coloring, and that's probably obvious. I get lots of compliments about my coloring, so I assume I'm doing something right there. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Usually, like, I almost go through like stages of grief with every page, um, and it's uh, it's usually the mm-hmm. sketch phase. Like, I usually at that point I'm like, I don't know how to draw. I don't know anything. <laughs> I don't know anything anymore, um, and. Because you have to conjure something up from like yeah. almost nothing. Well, apart from what you yeah, visual yeah. references so, are, but like I, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Why did I think I could do this? And then, and then when I'm finished the page, I'm like, you know what? That's not so bad. But I'd say it's probably the sketch phase because that's just when I question my entire existence. <laughs> <laughs> that's that is that is oh such like a mood. That's such a mood right there. <laughs> As the, as, the, as the Gen Z kids would say, hashtag mood. That is, that is. <laughs> or, or or even like, you know, hearing like the, the, um, the, the stuff, like the hard stuff, like big oof. Big oof. Oh, Yikes. yeah. Big oof. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> We're dating ourselves. Yeah, we need to stop. Memo <laughs> covers it. <laughs> Hello, fellow kids. I, did, I dated myself <laughs> yesterday by saying, um, I said, do you guys remember when Ashton Kutcher did Pranked? That's not even that long ago. But I was talking to people punked, who were just like... Not Pranked. Yeah, I don't... Punked, sorry. Punked. My bad. I don't... Who cares? And it's Ashton Kutcher's career. Who cares about Ashton Kutcher? Anyway, but I said that. I said that in a, in a call with some people. And they were just like, what? I was like, ah. Okay. <laughs> who let this old man in here? <laughs> and then I said... Um, I said... I said... Um, yeet. Uh, <laughs> never saying that again. Uh, I, I gave him, I gave him grief for that. Yeah. But we are digressing again. We really should be talking about the um, soul to call. The thing, itself. yeah, that's actually. I was, I didn't want to talk about that cosmic horror soul to call. Wonderful. Yes. Cosmic. How much cosmic horror do you actually read? Not, not a lot, honestly. I'm actually, um, I'm really more of a video game person. Uh, so Fair a enough. lot of a lot of what I draw from is video games. So um, Silent Hill is a huge one. If you've ever played Silent Hill, oh, you can. Oh yeah, I played. I played all of them. You can. I, can you, see, I see. The yeah, Hill. you can definitely see like that in my work. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it really comes in with the characters mostly. Yeah. That's where I see yeah. it. With um, have you played Deadly Premonition then? I've watched a playthrough of it. I have not. Good. Because 
that's good. You need like is this if you're gonna write horror, you need deadly premonition <laughs> in your life. Just a little bit. It's it's a, yeah. it's like I have watched the most Twin Peaks as well, so oh. like what it was based she, on. So I've seen. She knows her shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, she knows her shit. Research man. Research. Another huge influence that most people don't know about is a game called Shadow Hearts. Um, Wait, seriously? Yeah, have you heard about it? Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> cool. yeah. I'm cause not I'm not everybody, not, not many people I talked to actually know about that one, and that was like that was fundamental. I played that before I played Silent Hill, and that just that was something. It like it combined things. Uh, it combined yeah. kind of lighter elements and darker elements in a way that I really dug, and that was yeah. really like fundamental. And like I like this. I want to create something like this. I remember playing it, and um, I only got it because it was a hand-me-down. Someone, my, my cousin, bought it, and he was just like, "This game is terrible." Oh no! He gave it to me because he couldn't <laughs> handle the combat system. He sucks. Don't worry about him. I don't like him anyway. <laughs> well, but um, no, but who's yeah, the like, real loser like here? <laughs> exactly. Um, who knew I would use that more than ten years later? <laughs> no, but um, no, I like I like the fact that it's video games. You get your influences, your influences yeah. from. Yeah. Although I'm, I I don't know why it feels I, like when I first read your work, I was just like, oh, this person has read has read the Necronomicon like <laughs> nine times. I mean, I have. You know, you know the Necronomicon? I have Did you read um, the Key of Solomon? <laughs> okay, fair enough. Which is where which is where I, I actually drew, um, actually lifted a, a few uh, magical circles from there and used them yeah. in my comic. There's reasons mm. why I use them the the way i did and it's uh i don't know that's getting into my magic system like really into the nitty-gritty of it so oh. we can we can do that later <laughs> if the time allows <laughs> then should we, i mean i think i think we've gotten we've gotten this far but i mean we really should for the benefit of people who have never heard of um, rami's work like give a quick overview of what so, it is just so i waited this long to do this <laughs> i feel i feel like i've somehow messed up but i'm gonna keep it at this point because this is your moment, Nen. You can't This is the moment for me. All right, all right, all right. So, Soda Call is great because it starts at, um, at least the place where I think it starts is right after something known as the Fall, mm-hmm. an event known as the Fall. Um, Two thirds of the world is dead, Thanos style. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> out of existence for her. Yeah. Um, oh, gosh. <laughs> I tell the story wonderfully. Don't worry. <laughs> I believe um, in you. And then in the sky, there's like all these cracks all over the place and like basically your worst nightmare and like every terrible thing from scp is roaming the universe yeah the, the, the universe the world um there's they're coming out of these cracks no they're, they're coming they, they wander out of an ever-present fog that's what it, that's what it is like i don't know how else to describe yeah, it yeah you're right um there's there's lots of like you know those wiccan people that you meet in there's lots of them but their magic is real now, and it's terrifying. <laughs> Don't make fun of the weird kid in class. Um, <laughs> and uh, there's and in 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 the chaos, there's a person called Avril or April. Look at you with that French. Um, <laughs> April is how I personally pronounce it. Avril, but then everyone like who, who yes, you know, I'm every, aware. Everyone, but who, like, listen, listen. Like, edgy, edgy team was like, right. it's Avril. All, all I'm saying is, I saw that name, and my my brain just went April, and that's what I'm going with that's, the whole way through. That's you wouldn't be the first. Um, mm-hmm. uh, she hopes to find Anathema. It's like a creature with ability with some terrifying abilities that she she needs, so she can find mm-hmm. um her family that she's looking for. 
that's as much as I can recall in like ten seconds. That's, that basically. <laughs> I think I did. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I did a great yeah. job. Look at me. Good job. All right. <laughs> Everyone, please clap. Oh, don't jet, don't don't jet bush me. Please clap. <laughs> please clap. I have anxiety. I. <laughs> I have to, I have to admit like horror is not really my thing but I am um, but I mean but in in like the breakers so that is my schedule I have actually read like a good portion you know, of I've... the prologue and I do I do like April I I do like April she's she's <laughs> thank funny. you yeah I've actually heard that like mm-hmm. people don't who don't usually enjoy horror um, still enjoy my comic and I kind of I I think that's a good thing because I'm not I didn't really set out to create something super terrifying so like that's great. <laughs> I think it's because you're, you're not going for like, um, hi, I'm here to, t- to scare. Yeah, you know, I mean, Jinji Ito is just, I'm here to show you body horror. It's never really too scary. It's just gross. Yeah. Like, well, listen, I read Jinji Ito when I was 12. Stuff. I regret it. You made so many mistakes. Though. We were 12. You we were 12. Yeah. Listen. Yeah, man. Listen. It's like when I watched Jeepers Creepers 1, 2, and 3 all in a row, and I think I was like 8. Yeah, terrible, terrible judgment. <laughs> Yeah, I had terrible judgment when I was little. I exposed myself to tons of horror way before my my time. But, you know, it's, it turned me into the Wait. person I am today. So, you know. <laughs> Wait, was this, I mean, how, how exactly did you get exposed to all of this? Like, did you, I mean, your parents, like, oh, I don't know. I had, like, I had the internet. Like, okay. <laughs> I had a computer in my room because my brother, my older brother, was an IT, you know, nerd from yeah. when he was very young. So mm-hmm. we all had computers in our own room very early on. So there I Surfing was, 12-year-old little Rami. Like, ooh, what's this? I kind of like scary things. And then it's, you know, it's like <laughs> watching uh, a train wreck. You don't want to be yeah. there, but you can't look away anymore. <laughs> exactly. It's wonderful. <laughs> Wait, and you never, and did you ever like talk to your parents about no. those sort of things? Like, or do you, did you, no. like, who, you used to probably discuss this sort of thing, like, with people who enjoy the same on the internet? Yeah, right? yeah. Like, much. she can blame my friends for really exposing me to begin with. So it's, it's their fault, not mine. Okay. <laughs> really? Really? You're going to do the, okay, Yes. Cool. You're going to do the friend of <laughs> No, I sought that stuff. That's, I sought that stuff out on my own. I'm not going to lie. I like the fact that, like, in as I've gotten older, all the hor- horrific things have stopped being scary. And the things that actually scare me now are, like, taxes. <laughs> yeah, no, same, same. <laughs> Adulting yeah. is yeah. the scary like, I saw, thing. I saw Give a video the monsters. for Xbox. I know what to do with monsters. <laughs> exactly. Have you seen the Xbox ad <laughs> where they, like, a baby, like... This lady gives birth to a baby and he basically shoots through the sky and he ages like really quickly and then lands in a grave. Oh no. That that scared me because it was just like my brain was just going, he had no four oh one K. He didn't have anything ready. He wasn't planning. Oh, no. <laughs> my head was just like, Oh god. He did he go he had how did he get a college degree? What did he have a job? Like he just aged in like fifteen seconds. Oh my yeah, god. That's the real body horror. <laughs> it's the real oh. body horror. Age. <laughs> Age, you know, just the number, like, you know, the ever creep the like like the bill, the ever creeping credit card bill is a number mm-hmm. as well. Some so. of some of us will look like Brad Pitt when we're fifty. And some of us will look like John Travolta when we're fifty. <laughs> Where do you stand? <laughs> some of us will look like Siegel, but oh you know. My, oh god. <laughs> 
all that aside, right? So um, when you just when you started out like create, creating Soul to Call, like did you did did you just run with like a script like and like or did you like take the time to like hash out the world a bit, the characters a little bit? And stuff? Uh yeah, when I first started, I had a number of chapters already uh written. They changed wildly from where they started, but I did have like I had uh, many of the chapters written, almost the whole thing, uh written. Most of that's been scrapped now, but it did give me like a very clear idea of what I wanted to do. Um, I had a clear idea of the the base of the characters. I had my ending all sorted out. Still have my ending all sorted out. That's like one of my one of my uh, guiding principles is that I know the last scene in my comic, and whatever I do, it's always going to be aiming towards that. Um, and even though like I rewrite my scripts constantly, um, even when I'm like working on a page, I realize something's going to work a lot better. Um, there's always that in mind. So I always know where I'm going with the characters and with the, the plot in general. And that, I think, helps things from getting too crazy. But yeah, I, I started out with a very like a full idea of what was going to happen. Even if that's changed now, it was it was good to have at the start. I think it really does show because like... Um... There's lots of things like you, like you like you said this and there's like those little things that people will notice because you're you're thinking of where you want to end up. So a lot of things like they just fall into place along the way. Mm-hmm. So and it feels really natural when you're reading it. Like um I think one of the things that I that felt very very amusing to see was um the cultists mm-hmm. use a bleeding eye symbol mm-hmm. and the order uses an eye <laughs> symbol as well. And my head was like, wait, is this like? Did they do this in a oh, p- opposition of the of the oh. order? Is that what this? Oh God, I know all the things. <laughs> and I don't know. I went back to go one because I don't know any other things. Did you? Ha- did you? Did you have a, a matrix? Moment? Yeah, I always have them. I have a matrix so moment I, I that whenever I open like a bag of Doritos, <laughs> and it doesn't immediately spill. Like. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm talking about the I know kung fu. Oh, that one. <laughs> That's that's pretty much what you would do. Oh yeah, describe. definitely. Yeah, it was just like a oh shit. Yeah, I know kung fu. <laughs> I am Keanu Reeves. But, and I have acting range. I swear. <laughs> but but then again, mm. right? I think what Rami says is really important in terms of like beginning with the, yeah. the end somewhat in mind. And Meriwether has actually covered it before as yeah. well. Like saying that start people start people like are really good and gung-ho at starting stories but they're not good at knowing how mm-hmm. to end stories yeah. and that's why game of thrones ended so poorly <laughs> yeah um topical humor guys topical <laughs> humor keeping it fresh yeah uh like i i do consider myself to speaking of game of thrones uh something of a of a, of a gardener i i let things uh, kind of organically grow as I, I'm writing things, and if I see something, you know, happening or something better than I originally planned occurring, I, I'll I'll go with that. I'm perfectly happy to change what I've written to suit something better. But I think, as I've said, because I have that ending always in mind, it's gonna always. Uh, it's my cat is talking. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's um, no, it's fine. Your cat, your yeah. cat seems to agree. Yeah. We it's like a green cat. My my dogs my my dogs sometimes do this that too. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, so because I always have that ending in mind, even though uh, like characters are kind of organically growing as I, I write things down as the story progresses, I always have an idea of where it's going to end up. So it's hmm. always growing towards a point, even if I might have little like offshoots or you know other things kind of happening. It's always aiming for that. I always know we're heading there. So. I, I let it naturally get there, but I always know that's where it's going. 
So it's never like, oh, uh, this has changed everything and we're going to go off in this direction. Like, no, (laughs) you come back here. We're going here. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, there's this whole, it was this whole discussion about plotting versus Mm. pantsing that, I mean, when people were discussing the whole Game of Thrones Mm. thing. So, I mean, um, I guess, I mean, if you consider like how the the differences, like how much do you plot and how much do you actually like? Uh, I I kind of plot like I write the entire script and then when I'm actually drawing it, other things will come in and I'll kind of pants things as I as I go because I, I edit a lot of scenes on the fly. Chapter three in particular was one that I went into. I, I drew like five pages for it and I was like, this is not working. Something's wrong here. And I rewrote the whole thing on the fly as I was going through it because I had to because it just wasn't working the way it was. And it worked out. Um but it's because I kind of have this overarching structure that I've already written and I kind of <laughs> pants within that. Uh, so I've got a structure to work in. I'm pantsing in a contained environment. <laughs> yeah. Environment. Yeah. Controlled. Yeah. Controlled environment. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it, I have the flexibility for better ideas and ways to improve, but not so much that it's going to become just a complete mess. Yeah. As something yeah. else entirely. So much planning. <laughs> oh God, it's, I need to take that into account more. It's how um, I'm. I'm still going. I think. Yeah, being able to work in a, in a little set sandbox. I mean, again, I respect long stories. I think it takes a lot of um, effort and basically thought to make it like a long story. Yeah. Like you, you got to think about a lot of variables. Oh yeah. Um, how often, like, did. Were you planning to make it a little shorter? Was it? Did you have like like was it, were you when you started? Were you like okay, this is gonna be fifteen chapters? When you started, you're like this is gonna be the better part of a half decade. <laughs> um, when I when I like the very first time I sat down to write yeah. the script, I'm like it's gonna be thirteen chapters. That was my goal, and then and now I'm like Ooh. and then it became thirty <laughs> chapters. And <laughs> I was like okay, um, so we're gonna. 30 chapters and how many have uh, you got so seven, far? Seven? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, oh, so we're just going to we're going to dial that back a little. Um <laughs> and uh, it, it became like at the moment I don't know how many chapters it's going to be. Um uh, there's a lot of like future planning I need to do. Um but uh it it came down to a lot of condensing like yeah. The very first idea for Soul to Fall was almost a monster of the week kind of scenario. Um, yeah, uh, and uh, it would be like a road trip with the monster of the week kind of and an overarching plot. Yeah. Uh, that didn't Basically happen. Basically, Scooby Doo, yeah, like a random monster. <laughs> but but yeah. Scooby Doo, but Cosmic Horror. Um, yeah, yeah, but because uh, I really like road trip stories, um, but that didn't really work out. Um, so now it is what it is. Um, but that was that was gonna that, like monster of the week. That's a little more easy to like maybe self-contain into thirteen chapters. Um, yeah. but that was scrapped, uh, and it became more of a, uh, a character piece. Um, you know, I have, I have my cast of characters and it really became about them and, and their journeys. Uh, and it's really just about now condensing everything, uh, into their journeys and what, what is the most efficient way to, you know, get them on their way through their arcs. Um, Oh. So is that your cat? Yes. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going on? Just a loud, there's just like a persistent yeah. noise. Yeah. And I was like, is someone dying? Your cat's on your, your cat's no, on the keyboard? My cat is across the room 
dragging a blanket around. He's very, very rambunctious. <laughs> I, mean, cat, I mean, cats are sometimes the best writing partners. Yeah. He's, uh, he's got lots of energy. I'm hoping he'll go back to sleep soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, it, one of the harder things, I think, about um, writing a whole, I mean, home genre story is um, definitely the concentration from, like, heavy reality, monstrous happenings, and, you know, people are like, mm. oh my god, it's emotionally mm-hmm. fatiguing mm. to read, or just so much, like, or you just have so much of it visually that, you know, your your audience is kind of like, eh, need more of this yeah. or whatever. So, um, what kind, of t- what kind of tips do you have, like, trying to, like, balance out, like, the, um, sort of, like, you know, beats and, like, pacing of, like, more lighthearted moments with more, like, ooh, 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 some moments? Um, this is a to go back to video games i'm gonna be referencing video games a lot because they influenced me a ton yeah go um the last of us uh the last of us that was like a really influential game as well for souls call uh how they uh did their pacing is they had like uh, a big fighting kind of action scene and then they had a character moment they had a puzzle they had uh, something uh, a little less intense and something that built the characters. So I, I kind of started basing my writing around those beats. Uh, there would be an action moment and then there would be a moment to decompress somehow, a moment where the characters would talk or, you know, just something, something to decompress uh, the moments and, uh, you know, instill that sense of camaraderie and uh, a lighter tone to, to uh, counterbalance the the horror that they might have just gone through yeah i mean yeah that's that is literally how the last of us does yeah although they uh, the last of us also builds character a lot in the action yeah scene. no that's that's also uh, definitely something like i yeah. i don't want to have an action scene just to have an action scene i want it to i want it to either like build on the world but ideally build on the characters and the world at the same time i want it i want it to be there for a reason. I'm not gonna draw an action sequence for no reason, guys. <laughs> Listen, I'm not gonna have that existential crisis for no reason. <laughs> so, <laughs> cracks everywhere. There, there yes. Yeah, so there, there's a purpose for like you know every scene, like I mean for every scene, like every choice made to like whether to have a crazy fight or to have a you know soft fluffy moment. What? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I believe in the crazy um, fight regularly, but to be fair, I also like John Wick. So what do I? Yeah. Do? To be fair, like <laughs> I like John Wick. I might not know jack shit. Um, a lot of your inf- like, as you said already, all a lot of influences are video game based. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you played Call of Cthulhu? Um, I have not. I'm asking that because <laughs> of your monsters, and like we talked about it earlier, and we didn't really go too into it, but your monsters are. Oh my god! <laughs> I I know they 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 remind you of the, it. They they instill fear that I rarely feel in anything. Aw, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> like, okay, these are the monsters, right? There's the hound. It's literally big dog, but no skin. Woof woof, woof, woof but <gasps> terrifying. Will eat the fuck out of your soul. <laughs> like, <laughs> right? Then there's the shadow, whose entire Bake, like entire description is don't look don't look don't look, don't look. <laughs> which is pretty much like you know Doctor yeah. Who's um, Weeping Angels yeah. day, isn't it? because the shadow's literally like fisting its mouth <laughs> in the picture you drew oh. I mean how else would you describe that look at it genuine am I wrong Rami no that's 
That's like, not right. <laughs> um, the Strider, which I actually like, this is when we get to the ones I find actually more existentially scary. The Strider, which is um, mm-hmm. it's completely silent. Silent. It has no presence. Uh, it moves around in a fog that it makes. So basically, Britain. It just moves around Britain. Um, it's basically unnoticeable until it's about to murder you, right? <laughs> and Moidy. yeah, and uh, like it's like one of the SCPs. It doesn't have any purpose. It just moves. Mm. And if you're in the way, it just kills you. It doesn't. Ki- it's there's no hate. There's no bloodlust. It's just because you're there. Yep. Wrong place. And then, there's, wrong time. then there's yeah. Then there's the nightmare, which is just drowsy but on steroids, <laughs> like. <laughs> The nightmare literally feeds off of painful memories, forcing victims to relive horrible events, which I don't really want to relive grade school again, okay? This needs to not be a thing. It will capture and torture humans for long periods of time to produce trauma that it feeds on. Yeah. (laughs) All these, like, you know, being monsters, I mean, mean, you said that you've, like, I mean, experienced, I mean, experienced a lot of, consumed a lot of media in the past, like, I mean, horror media and, like, just things in general that obviously goes into the comic but how much active research have you done in the process of making soul to call like when you were designing characters or or writing them i honestly did more research on the like post-apocalyptic aspect of it like the realistic stuff you know survival first aid gunplay how society might react to an event like this um yeah so i i did a lot of research on that front but unlike the horror front um it was it was really uh, pulled from ex- the stuff that I had experienced before, but not necessarily anything I researched. It was just kind of imagination and taking some of the values uh, that um, people I admire have designed their monsters with and implemented that. Um, like I mentioned before, Key is Solomon. I used that for a couple of the like magical circles that were used. Um, and the sigils are actually based on uh, how... Uh, some modern witches, Wiccans, kind of design their uh, sigils. Um, we had vampire kids in school. Yeah, those ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you did did you like? I mean, des- did you design your characters as you started doing the story, or did you like you know took took it take your time like you know okay let's just draw them out so I can actually refer to them um, and make sure I get them consistent across like. Soul to call itself was, <laughs> I I did what they always tell you not to do. And I took my high school story and I made it my uh, magnum opus. <laughs> Great job. Um, <laughs> I much respect for that, for um, you breaking those molds, taking down those But, but you did other comics Yes, I did other comics so and this went through like, the ringer before it became a thing. So it's nothing like how it was in like high school. But um, a, a decent portion of the characters are uh, new versions of those characters, completely redesigned. But with designing them, I kind of designed them over the course of years because I was always just changing how they looked uh, as the story was evolving. It's a good way of instilling life into the story. Not so because if it's an active thing that a character is doing, it really just builds on them. It's like, oh, now my hair's in a ponytail. Why? Because I want it like that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, they're changing. They're evolving. Yeah. They're people. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that I kind of designed them just like that, and d- depending on how the story was, you know, which way it was starting to grow into, that's what started to change how they looked. Um, I I did focus as I got closer to actually making an actual comic to like focus on silhouettes and uh, focus on uh, just what that character would present with their looks. Um, 
I actually like the whole reason uh, Eli ended up with a poncho is because I wanted him to look a little bit like a mage. So, yeah, but that also became a cultural thing. Uh, yeah. Also, it's cold. Yeah, out yeah. There, it's man. it's good to have. It's, it's good to have there. a hug. <laughs> <laughs> Bring back these hugs again. You gotta get you? your own hug. <laughs> you gotta make your own hug. Yeah. Homemade is fine. <laughs> these are home baked. Um. <laughs> I actually one one thing I did enjoy, like, and also like our, our producers pointed out, is that unlike a lot of these um the, these like kinds of stories, that they almost always start with exposition oh, yeah. info dump, a lore dump and stuff. No, but, no. but you managed to give just no, no, enough. No. <laughs> So yeah, I mean that's like the can. number one I mean, thing you don't do with a comic. You don't start with the Star Wars uh, scroll. You don't do that. That's not what you do. I mean, <laughs> I might as well. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> might as well be reading a novel with that. That that's happening. So you don't do that. Comics, in my opinion, comics are a visual storytelling medium. Do your yeah. storytelling visually. Don't tell me about it. Show me. <laughs> so. A bit like so basically yeah. movies really you don't always have I mean okay apart from Star Wars again look like, all I'm saying is a long time ago in a galaxy far far away no <laughs> yeah but even even within within like you know movies like you don't have like I mean Lord Thomas mm-hmm. at the start of the movie like some do so. some have like the narration and like you know thousands of years ago the gods you know did whatever the heck gods do um you know, sometimes they do that. Not good, Narration. but sometimes they do that. Why do you think people keep doing that, though? Like, I mean, what what's the big? What do you think is the reason people keep like doing all I, these like expositions, like more I think introducts? people feel like they they need to establish their story. They need to tell people about this amazing amazing world they've developed, or they think you need to know everything up front, or you're not going to understand. But I don't think you do. I think you need a character. You need a character that you can connect with, and then you'll follow that character through anything. And through that character, you can learn the world. You don't have to know how the magic system works. You don't have to know the history. You just have to have a character, and then you naturally follow that character through the story. Dramatic irony is great. Like, you know, like, the audience knows, but the characters Mm. are unaware, but... Um, there, there is like too much of a good thing, I guess. What happens when you info dump? Like, when you yeah, info I mean, dump. like th- that, and like also the uh, ticking time bomb under the diner table, or you know, the whole idea of, of something you know something, but the characters don't, and that can create tension or comedy, or you know, it can it can create a lot of things. So like, there there is like a benefit to that. But I also argue that you show that visually as well. You don't tell them. You do something visually to show that there is a bomb under the table. You don't. You don't say, "Oh, and there was a bomb under the table." Scene. Um, <laughs> you. You. You know. You. You sneakily put the camera under there, and like you. You, you see the 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 uh, the timer counting down, but they don't know. But you know, and that's what the tension is there for. <laughs> oh, I was just gonna say, like showing is great. Show don't tell is great. Although sometimes. Um, I think of like the medium that we can, that we more or less are working in, the, like you know, just the internet, and just how like people will really take anything. <laughs> and sometimes I just go, I mean, I could, I could put the effort in to do this thing, or I could just tell them. <laughs> yeah, no, like I, I think narration does like you can cut down on panels if you have like a narrator. Mm. 
telling things uh, that are happening, but it's it's really not an approach I enjoy doing at all, and it's not even an approach I necessarily enjoy reading, um, because for me, it's a very visual thing. Uh, fun fact, um, the prologue for Soul to Go almost had a narration. I almost did that, but I cut it out at the last minute. The, the thing, too, is that there would never be narration after that, so, like, what what was I doing? Um, so I almost like explained the the fall from Avril's uh, like Avril was talking about it, um, but I cut that out mm-hmm. because it just doesn't work. It was never gonna happen again. And a, a big thing for me about narration too is uh, I have kind of more than one main character here. I didn't want to focus to be on one character, and I didn't want you in the character's head. I wanted the character to be as much of a mystery as you know everything else i wanted you to see them struggle and see them grow and not really entirely know but to figure it out the subtleties again i'm a big fan of subtleties i want you to i want you to look at my character and figure out what's going on in their head i don't want to tell you which is pretty much like experiencing it yeah. outside then right this the golden thing but yeah it's understandable do you um i I think we we talked we talked a little bit with the production team and they mentioned stuff like there doesn't seem to ever be like proper flashbacks per se. Which okay, this is another tool besides um our I mean narration like info dump that it mm. gets used a lot in comic making and just to I mean clear like clear things for the reader. Um, what's your stance? What's your stance on that? Like, and do you reckon Soul to Call will have ever have any? My goal is to not, not have really? any flashbacks. Like, I usually I use dreams. Mm-hmm. I use like hallucinations. I use like traumatic. Uh, not exactly flashbacks. It usually happens like concurrently with whatever is going on in the story. Um, but like little flashes, little insights into things that have happened, hints of things that have happened. But I never plan to full stop the story to go back in time and explain something. If anything is really compelling to me to, to make, like make make a comic out of, I'm gonna make a side comic. It's it's gonna be something optional. If you want to know more about this or that, it's gonna be like in a side comic or something. But all the information you're going to need is going to happen in present day. It's not, it's not going to, we're not going to go back. Either the characters are going to like explain it briefly uh, or we're going to get hints in some other way. When James is uh, captured by the, uh, the nightmare in chapter four, um, there's, there's lots of little hints I put in there about him and that'll be expanded upon later. And Avril's having, you know, some PTSD issues now, too. That's how I show backstory instead of full-stop flashback mode. It kind of throws a wrench into, like, um, the events yeah. in a way, like, in terms of the Yeah, because you, you're stopping everything, and suddenly we're going back there, and we have to completely reorient, you know, like, the viewers, where we are, what's happening, what state everyone's in. And I just want to keep moving forward. I, I get why people use flashbacks. Like, with all tools that we've spoken about I get today. It. They're all narrative tools. I'm not dissing yeah. anyone for doing anything, except info, except info dumps at the beginning. Those I cannot forgive. <laughs> <laughs> like, my, my my general rule of thumb is, like, like with narration or with, um, with flashbacks, they're all literary tools yeah. that have uses. Yeah. And they're all meant to be used sparingly, but to achieve a good effect. Yeah. That's what they are. Yeah, um, for sure. So... It's good that they exist, and I, I, I mean, info dumps are bad. But all I'm saying is, in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> all right, we've come full circle. 
we always come full circle. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so you're talking about your comic, which, by the way, we all like. Oh. Like, seriously, everyone, especially our ed- our producer, she's very in love with your comic because she has a weird fixation on horror uh-huh. that she has yet to explore, and then she went to read your stuff and uh-huh. very into it. I'm really enjoying, like, the variation, like, I mean, how, how like, the color progresses. I'm, I'm yeah. Thank you. It's the first thing that grabs I'm, me. I'm in it for it. symbols. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we yeah. talked about your comment. We talked about how you started. We talked about tapas. Now I want to talk about Spider-Force. All right. <laughs> more specifically. Oh, yes. More specifically, yeah, yeah. why, you, before we actually get into what they what they do for you and what you what's good about them, why did you choose Spider-Force instead of Hiveworks? I think they're both about the same level competing. They used to be more overtly competing, but now they're more uh, they're more chill about each other. <laughs> yeah, um, it's hard to fight for twenty years. Yeah, twenty year war, uh, war of the bugs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why why did you why did you explain like your your choice for that, and then later we can also like have a, a quick like explanation by what those are because I don't think all of our readers are ready. yeah, a lot of our viewers, a lot of our <laughs> listeners and viewers are um artists so they would like it would be good for them to know what it's like on your side of the your side of the in your golden grass uh, <laughs> your golden grass I'm sorry for. yeah um to me like from the outside uh spider forest was a lot more um chill than hiveworks hiveworks i would say mm. is from what I, I don't actually know a ton about hiveworks full disclosure um but it seems more like it's more businessy than uh mm. than spider forest and especially when i was first starting out i wasn't really sure exactly what i was doing or what i wanted and uh a couple comics that i enjoyed were already part of the spider forest uh collective mm. so that that was kind of like the big motivator is it just seemed like a chill environment and there were people there that i enjoyed their work of so i just gave applying a shot like what have i got to lose right okay so yeah. it was it was really just that. It was like, I like these people's works. I wouldn't mind being associated with them. It seems like a, a good place to grow as a, a new-ish uh, webcomic artist. So I went for it. That's fair enough. When I looked into both of them, because a lot of people have been asking me about where to put their, um, a lot of people have been asking me about where to put their more adult-oriented comics. Uh, and I was talking to them about Highworks and Spider Forest. I always say, I always say Hive forest and spider works <laughs> no. whenever i say both of them it's the first time i've gotten it right Whoops. um but i was talking about both of them i i noticed that like hyper just asks you for character designs and basic stuff and it goes all right yeah you got that show us your writing and we'll go from there and then spider force is like you need 25 chapters <laughs> <laughs> 15 pages yeah 15 is it 15 pages each oh sorry 25 pages is it, is it, they, they think it's at least 25 now. I, okay. I think it's changed. Yeah, it might have changed. It's still terrifying. I think it did because we had a lot of applications that, like, we did, it had, like, 15 pages. And, like, we don't really know what to make of this <laughs> at 15 pages. So, yeah, we probably changed it. I guess I, I just I was just wondering because they, they seemed a lot more tense because of the 25-page limit. But I can see where you're coming from now. It's just they just want to make sure that you're willing to work. Yeah, we, yeah and, like, they, they want to know that you're, you know, do make you're you're, you're making it and like we want to know the kind of story we're we're bringing into our collective because we, we can get some weird mm-hmm. ones <laughs> this is where we push pause and uh exp- just sort of like discuss a little bit about collectives because i mean i don't think 
all of our, you know, all of our viewers are aware of like what exactly they do. So, I mean, a collective is basically just uh, a group of artists came together, made their own website, yeah. made their own, put themselves in the community and associate with each other and, and cross advertise. If I remember correctly, they all cross advertise. Give 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 themselves a name for that. Group yeah. As well. Yeah. And and that's it really. Anyone can make a collective, but like only few collectives are successful because to be a successful collective you need people who will not only work but people who are good and i works in spider forest have both (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah uh yeah how much business stuff do i mean do people do people in collectives do i think it depends on the collective um spider forest is like very volunteer based and uh a lot of our projects are uh creator you know the creators of the other comics come up with the projects. It's not just like the head honchos coming up with stuff. We're all welcome to put projects forward and try and put something together. Um, so it's really like just the whole community is is welcome to do anything. Uh, and no one is like shoehorned into one role. And you can also not do that much in Spider Forest. Like the only necessities to be in the collective, the bare minimum is to run the top banner, the banner that's at the top of my comic, and yeah. participate in the application season, which is, you know, when other people apply to be part of the collective, we go in and we read the comics and we talk about them and we decide if they're a good fit. That is such a that is such a minimum that I did not think it was that. I did not think that was what it would be. That is really true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like that's I, I have I had That's one reason head. I like it because I'm very like nose nose to my tablet. I want to work. I don't want to spend too much time uh with like community stuff. Yeah. Socializing. Um, yeah. So I I love to contribute when I can to Spider Force because they're they are a great group. Everyone there is super friendly, super chill. It's it's a really great place to grow as a, a comic artist, and it's also super chill. Mm. So if I don't want to do anything except those things, then I can ghost for months at a time. I don't have to be there. It's yeah, your needs, and yeah. like you'll you'll notice on my site, I have a couple other banner ads atop uh, and. Uh, apart from yeah. the top one that yeah. is also completely yeah. optional like the reason i'm Ooh. in those is because it puts my banner as well in that rotation so it's to my benefit to run those as well as the top banner but it's not necessary i don't have to put those there yeah. if i didn't want to that's a wonderful way of ensuring oh, cross promotion yeah yeah like this was, she's got the top banner on her site like I'm looking at Super Villainous right now, um, which I'm actually gonna go wow. read that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, at the bottom, you've got like um, uh, like three smaller banners. Mm-hmm. There are also other comics, and it's just every time you load a new pay a new web page, those change. Yeah, yeah, and it's the same for every um, other comic mm-hmm. that has those banners running. Yeah. So you know, I get more get more eyes on my comic that way. This is legit. I actually kind of I actually really like um, the way they operate. I thought it was gonna be a lot. Cause okay, so when you when you see whenever um someone sees like how websites like Webtoon um Tapas operate, you think it's gonna be way more difficult mm. to do their jobs, you know, um and when you find out that the people who do their jobs in groups do it so effortlessly, it kind of it breaks it dis it breaks the 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 myth would that be what it would be yeah it breaks the myth a little bit you know. I thought this, I thought like, you know, running a site like this would be way more, running a site like Site Spider for way more work. Having like, and have to involve everyone all the time or else nothing would get done. <laughs> Instead of algorithms, yeah. you know, because that kind of takes care of it. Algorithms have their place, but also don't. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Honestly, it's weird. Because even the banners are controlled by an algorithm. Mm. Like, it's just it's just a more forgiving algorithm that says, I'm going to show things every time this comes up. That's it. Um, no, but what, what was I saying? Yeah. It just, it seems fun. <laughs> and you guys don't have um, to do the weird hours and uh, the excessive amounts of work that a lot of... Uh, aggregator sites really push yeah no it's it's really flexible we really uh we really can just do whatever we want um as long as there's got to be something though that you don't get because okay so well we we're we don't really have like adult adult content you know we don't really do that um there's no h as as carrie said yeah (laughs) um (laughs) really like the only thing i've seen like people get pushed out for is like uh you know hate speech that kind of stuff you know you know you know just that kind of general stuff we're a very accepting community so if you're gonna be an you're gonna be an ass you're you're not allowed to stay yeah love is love (laughs) yes love is love (laughs) (laughs) no but i was gonna i was gonna ask actually because on the topic of comics um i spoke to kaz and um some other people about it yesterday but have you heard of comicsgate uh i have uh i kind of know what it's about but i've okay. never really gotten a full full story either i i just know okay. it's gross <laughs> okay cool because it sounds like um those people you mentioned those nebulous individuals sounded a lot like the people who were <laughs> in that movement so i was like i was wondering if that happened in the collective space and I, we just all missed it the bunch of comic skaters showed up or is it be- or is it something different? Because I mean, you got to remember that comic yeah. skate did, tends to revolve around like comics. a lot of um super superhero mm. comics in particular, and we know that the superhero genre is. I mean, the, I mean, a lot of it is um for I mean, a lot of it is written for most a mostly young male yeah. audience or like male yeah. audience to enjoy. That's, that's so. a good point. Yeah, I only um, really know about what happened very vaguely. Uh, probably shouldn't talk about it too much. It's just that, uh, yeah, people with different ideas that didn't really meld with ours went off on their own. And that was a bit messy. And that's the kind of stuff that we don't condone. And like the other thing is basically don't talk to people who have applied uh, about how they're doing within like the the judging process. Uh, like okay. like when when someone's applied and we're like trying to decide if they're a good for, fit for the collective um mm. don't go to them and say don't, don't go to them that. and say hey you're doing really great or hey they don't like this and this and this and here's what they're saying about you that's like that happened i think last application season and it was it was it was like grounds for everyone to like hey remember our rules guys <laughs> Don't do this. I mean, it, it's it, it's hard to not do it when usually the people who are going to be applying are friends of the people who mm-hmm. are already in. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, actually, like, like two of my favorite web comics applied to Spider Forest after I was in and I was so happy. I didn't talk to them, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, like, yeah, it's it's a thing. You... It, it's hard. It's like I, like I find it hard to not tell people stuff like that. Like, for example, I find it hard to stop Carrie from being in here because <laughs> I can't say no to him. If he asked me anything, he'd, I'd literally just go, sure. Um, <laughs> boy, um, that, sound, that sounds very um, difficult to deal with on some level. 
but the comics is also a relatively small space, and sometimes there are just some things you have to be careful about mm. because uh, you know, mm. uh, everyone's just everyone because uh, everyone's talking to everyone. Yeah, they just stop. Yeah, I mean, currently we're in a situation where we're talking to you, <laughs> and <laughs> and we're in an entire we we uh, we make comics in an entirely different website mm. with entirely different people, and now we're gonna end up talking to more people like you. Yeah, and it's just everyone's still talking to everyone. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> It's only a couple yeah. weeks or about a month for the application. You just have to keep your mouth shut for that long. <laughs> a month of pure anxiety yep. <laughs> and stress. Yep. <laughs> that was me ready, so kids. long ago yes. when I applied. Wonderful. Yikes. yikes. That's a yikes and a half for me, though. <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah. And, and also, like, when you're actually in the collective, because mm. we use forms. Uh, the board mm. where your comic was discussed is gone. You're not allowed to see that. You're never allowed to see that. <laughs> Oh God! Wait, so I don't even get to see what people call what what people say about what I what, about my work. No, like if you why it's I think it's a thing where they don't want to like generate any animosity between uh the people in the collective just in case they some certain people might have not dug the comic and they might have not agreed with it being in the collective. There are there are comics that have been polarizing and have still gotten in. And, you know, the creators are perfectly decent people. And you just, you don't want to start off that relationship on that kind of foot. Because, like, you can you can be friends with a person and not enjoy their, their work. So, like... Oh, definitely. Yeah, so, like, you don't want to start the, the relationship that this newcomer has with the collective knowing who's, you know, talked shit about you or whatever, you know? <laughs> Ooh, that's not. I'm not gonna lie, that'd be kind of funny for me. But I'm me. I'm me. Don't don't let's don't do what I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, like you can always okay. go to like particular people and ask them. Like that's not discouraged. Yeah. But you know. Hi, what did you say about my work? <laughs> I heard you was talking shit. <laughs> no, what did you say? Like, what do you think? No, 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 no. no. You say what did you Wait say? You approach with, with with confidence and anger. I heard you was talking shit. <laughs> what did you say about my work, huh? Yeah, probably not the best. Oh, not, my probably word. not the best. <laughs> my approach is hilarious, and you know it. <laughs> and, and that is why, like, I'm the person who moderates this yep. cast and not him. <laughs> Excessive. <laughs> well, okay, we've we've covered quite a bit of ground. Like, I mean, I I want to hear a little bit about your, con- I mean, in person like convention experiences. Like, I mean, whether it's mostly with Soul to Call or with um other with other things that you do cons for. Like, so how often do you do con appearances and uh? What do you mean? What do you usually like? I'm uh, I'm fairly new to uh, conventions. I actually uh, only started doing them last year. Uh, oh. I I've only Ooh, gone to okay. the the local the local one in my my area so far, and that's the only one I've really attended. So I'm I'm pretty new to the the con scene. Um, <laughs> uh, the, speaking of <laughs> speaking of uh, spider forest. They were actually the ones who gave me the push mm-hmm. to start going to cons because uh, I went with a couple uh, members to the first convention I went to and I tabled, I shared a table with them. And that was my first uh, mm-hmm. adventure at the convention as a table. I, I had attended the convention before just as a, a visitor. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But that was my first time tabling. Uh, and... Uh, I it was primarily soul to call stuff uh, for me. Um, mm-hmm. I printed a book and it was uh, the 
first half of the first chapter because the first chapter is massive and I was redoing like a bunch of stuff in, in those pages because I was stupid and I did not add bleed or anything to those first pages. So yeah, oh, that, that's, a, oh. that's, a, that's, a, that's a nightmare. It's an abomination of my that, own creation. That's a mood and a half. I I recently I re- I recently oversaw like the print the the print volume of um Car- of Carrie's like comics so I yeah, know the mood and yeah. carry on like, that, that's that's a pain that I'm still dealing with, um, so yeah, <laughs> to, <laughs> to no day. seriously <laughs> it's the reason I don't have like a proper first volume printed at all. I don't even I don't even mm-hmm. blame you that that is that is the hardest thing to overcome like. <laughs> And and you did and you did all the prep for that on your own, right? Yeah. The whole, like I mean, um, set set up off. Yeah, printing. I I, um, I did have a friend who uh, who proofread it for me when I was all done and like caught little things, but <laughs> overall it was uh, it like she she edited it pretty much. She she read through it. She found things, but I did everything by hand. It was all me mostly oh, <laughs> on that front. Oh, I had Ouch. a second pair of eyes, but it was mm-hmm. just two hands. <laughs> So you brought like a few um, a c- copies of uh, Soul Soul to Call, like that yeah. um, that MacGyvered first volume, like or the first half, the first yeah. half of chapter one. So you brought that there. What else do you What else do you bring? And like how how do you? Um, I that? also brought a print version of one of my side comics, uh, Kindred, which is the the one with Eli and the uh, the the ginger haired nurse girl. Um, yeah. So I had that, mm-hmm. and I had the the. Uh, the Soul to Call volume. I uh, also had, like, at that point, I had been in a couple anthologies. One was a, a Spider mm-hmm. Forest one, mm-hmm. and another one um, was by uh, um publisher, I suppose, indie publisher uh, called Pomegranate Press, I believe. Um, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I also had books uh, from those anthologies. So I had, it was mostly books. I had some prints uh, that were also Soul to Call based, and I had some, like, stickers but that was it. Um, but the the Souls of Gold volume that I had actually sold really well. So, yeah. And oh, wow. this convention that I went to uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, I actually almost sold out of uh, Kindred. Like, it it oh. was going really fast. Um, Fancy. Yeah. Good job. Yeah, and <laughs> I've, nice. I've only got maybe 10 out of... 40 volumes of the the souls of call print left as well from the two cons i went to yeah. so this is, this is of course discounting the one you have for yourself yeah. <laughs> the one you just just for you. yes we all have that. yeah yeah <laughs> of course i mean it's always a real it's always like a scary undertaking when you decide to plunk down some money and you know get the yeah. physical version out oh, there yeah. And- yeah i feel like i got really lucky with the printing too because there were hardly any issues with the first volume when it like when the first proof came to me, it was actually really, really good. Like the colors were really good. And I'd had a few experiences with printing before, so that helped. But I know printing can be a nightmare. So fortunately for me, beyond the lack of bleed, uh, I uh, I didn't end up mm-hmm. in uh, too much of a, a, a shithole in terms of... <laughs> you Your comic had bleed, just not the it right had, kind. At the beginning, <laughs> it had teeny tiny bleed. Teeny, teeny, tiny. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about like you know your your blood sweats, yeah. your thing, but yeah. you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good job there, guys. It's alright. You're a right. comedic but, genius. Yes. 
<laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. I mean, it's, right. a, it's the kind of thing I do to like you know take the edge yeah. off. Yeah, we're getting on in time, and we've talked about a lot of stuff today, and it's been wonderful. I was gonna, I, I didn't, I don't want to end it like um, family matters. So I'm gonna, <laughs> it's like we did a lot of special episodes today, kids. Um, <laughs> no. We, we we need we need to I think we we should ask like you know Romy like overall like I mean what she feel I mean what she feels is like the one thing that she'd give to people who I mean to, to take away from yeah actually I was gonna take take a bit of yeah. advice or whatever or thoughts uh, tell us t- give give the young unfortunate artists some advice <laughs> uh, well, that's be cliche but I don't know follow your dreams uh, write <laughs> write things that you enjoy because like don't follow trends. What Soltika ultimately, how it was birthed, was it was just a conglomeration of everything I loved. It's, you know, found family, it's horror elements, it's a post-apocalyptic aesthetic. And um, just just take everything you yeah. love. <laughs> yeah, you know, just some light stuff. Um, I, you know, and don't worry so much about conforming to the genre you're working in even. Because, like, by all accounts of most post-apocalyptic media, uh, my comic should be a lot more bleak than I write it. And I don't write it bleak. (laughs) Um, So, like, just don't be afraid to take the things you love and just follow that. Don't worry about what anybody else is doing. Just do your thing. Because if you love it, if you're making something that you adore, other people are going to be able to see that, that work and that love. And they're gonna they're gonna come and they're gonna look at what you're creating. It's yeah. infectious. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna lie. That was, that was hella emotional. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I could feel the yeah. hairs on my on my arms yeah. standing up. Like, no, it's no, it's you great. I think you know we sometimes need to be reminded about yeah, that. The positive. We're too while, busy so. focusing on real realism. Positivity is good. Mm-hmm. I'm actually serious now. That wasn't sarcasm. <laughs> I always sound sarcastic, so I need to say that now. Yeah, no, I I um, agree. That's yeah, that's the basis right. of my whole comic. <laughs> so yeah, it's been great talking to you, Rami. It's been great getting to know you and the work that you make, and your words of hope and joy <laughs> will resonate through the four people who listen to the podcast. <laughs> that's enough. <laughs> that's that's funny. <laughs> Thank you very much for taking your time to talk to us. Thank you for and... having me. Yeah. Great. Okay. Uh, yeah, we should tell we should tell all um our, our listen our listeners um where they can catch uh Rami yeah. and you can catch Rami's work. Uh, Soul to Call is on www.soultocall.com. Yeah. Um, we will we will have it typed up. We as will well have it typed up in the description. The... Um, and check out some other mm-hmm. works on Spider Forest. The, yeah. They brought us Rami, so we mean let's do something nice I for them. I personally recommend Cast Off and Broken. I personally Ooh, recommend damn. those two. Pulling out those ones <laughs> that got through, the ones that she talked about earlier. Um, and you can find our lovely Rami at what? Twitter? What's your Twitter? Uh, Twitter. Twitter. Twitter, Twitter and, Instagram. and Instagram. I don't have a Facebook. So Twitter and Instagram are the same. It's Rami Rin. So it's kind of like a mixture of yeah. my name and Rami. It's R-O-M-M-I-E-R-I-N. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the same. Real mm-hmm. talk right there. That's yeah. the same for both. You can... <laughs> You can find Kaz where you always find Kaz. Go to Schwitter. <laughs> What's your Schwitter? My Schwitter is at Catastrophe. Um, again, we'll, we'll um, have it typed up in the description yeah. for easy you can, um, yeah. reference. You can never find me. And thank you very much for listening. <laughs> thank you very much for listening to the podcast. Thank you. It's been great. Thank you to our one. Thank you. Thank you to our sponsor, Moso. Thank you to our patrons, Ian. 
Ayashi, Archangel, and Nick. Let us know what you thought, and um, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll 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 take the feedback on, and then I mean, let us know as well who you'd like to who you'd like us to interview the next time, and we will do our best to make it happen. Yeah. All right. Yeah.